You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network brought to you by Federal Premium Ammunition. Now, it's turkey season all over the country right now, and if you're looking for a turkey shot that is just going to slam turkeys dead, you need to check out the Heavyweight TTS. Now, it comes in a variety of gauges, whether you shoot a 410, a 12 gauge, or a 20 gauge, this is the turkey shot for you. A lot of cool things going on with this. It has 22% denser material than a standard tungsten, uh, 56% denser than lead. So what this means is that at longer distances, you're getting higher velocities and a more consistent patterning. It has a full length wad that prevents direct contact off of the extra hard pellets and the bore. And long story short, that protects the barrel. If you want to find out more information about Federal Premium Ammunition, visit federalpremium.com. Welcome to the Land and Legacy Podcast. We're your hosts, Adam Keith. And Matt Dye. This is your number one resource for all things land. If you're interested in conservation, habitat management, hunting strategy, and rural real estate, this is the podcast for you. Hey guys, Adam here. Big request from you guys this week. Head over to our YouTube channel, Land and Legacy, and subscribe, please. We're dumping some new videos on there. We've got two new turkey hunts. There's going to be a lot more videos dropping very, very soon. So please head over there, support us by subscribing to that channel, and hopefully you guys will enjoy the videos. Enjoy today's show. All right, guys. Thanks for coming back and listening to another Land and Legacy podcast. This is your host, Adam Keith. I'm traveling today. Um... Coming back from a consult, yes, been quarantined, been stuck at the house, but found the opportunity to um, complete one of our uh, consultations in Kansas. Um, so drove out there, and I'm headed back now. Um, it, it was just a wonderful time to get outside and not be in the house anymore. And uh, so we're definitely, uh, definitely taking this stuff seriously. Hopefully you guys are too. And uh, and but still fun and time to get outside and enjoy the outdoors. Um, forgot to mention last week, but um, since it's fresh on our mind today, recording um, we've got Easter coming up. So happy Easter, all you guys! Um, hopefully you uh, enjoy time with the family and uh, remember um, the reason for this holiday. It's the greatest holiday of them all. And uh, anyway, so we're going to jump into this week's podcast. We've got our dear friend, big part of Atlanta Legacy, Seth Harker. Thanks for coming back, Seth. Hey, thanks for having me on, Adam. Yeah, so you guys have been you've been at it already. Um, you and Trace, uh, you kicked off 
spring turkey season. Um, <laughs> I guess I should say typically it's either, you know, over the years – Myself or Matt have been uh, have been over there to film during Missouri youth season, but uh, because of quarantined, uh, or because of being quarantined, it was probably the first youth season in a while that I can remember that it was just you and Trace. So father son scenario, kicking off the season, you guys had some success. Yep, we had a we had a great hunt, uh, classic hunt. Um, it, honestly, that is where where we killed or harvested our, our gobbler. That's where Trace has harvested every opening day bird. Um, in fact, you filmed him. You filmed him there with his very first turkey. Um, uh, anyways, in that, that vicinity there. But that little piece there, he has harvested every opening day turkey that he's ever harvested right there. So, Man, oh, man. Um, That's crazy. You know, I think about, uh, I, I believe that, um, I believe that Trace has shot his bird at the uh, same location that Heath North shot his first bird at last year. Is that correct? That is, and they were roosted to the east uh, that morning. I don't know where they were roosted when you guys were there. but ba- Back they to were the south. To the, oh, they were to the south? Yep. Back towards yep, that other gotcha. food plot. Ah, gotcha. Yeah, these birds were to the east, uh, kind of down in the hollow. And uh, as you know how that little four-way works right there, that's just a great place, and it's just being where they want to be. Yeah, um, that's right. That's and right. That's, and then it's got that beautiful little log deck to tuck right into from that uh, thinning that we did. So just a perfect set, and you've got a nice, padded seed and lots of cover and uh just the perfect scenario it's just how we happened just how we wanted to happen they read the scripts saw the decoys came up goblin right up the log decks and uh it was just a beautiful hunt yeah man. i wish trace would have let it breathe just a little bit more you know used to they had to get right on top of the decoy before he could shoot because he wasn't big enough to uh, man the gun we we used to have it in a vice or a stick or something and we would have it pointed to the decoy when they got there boom but this year was the first year buddy he was shooting first and asked questions later he, they, <laughs> they 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 passed the hen decoy headed to the gobbler and it was are you ready no boom he uh. first and don't worry about the cameraman. Oh man! <laughs> <laughs> so, oh goodness! Yeah, old Trace. He's but, had a. He's had quite. How old is he now? He's eleven now. Okay, yep. so he's still got several years of youth season left. Yep, several years and uh, good times, and hopefully, when he meets when he reaches that sixteen years of age, hopefully he'll still want to hunt with old dad. But we'll see how that works out. Yeah. I'm sure he will. I'm sure he will. But, you know, it's it's kind of that ongoing um, message that we try to talk about, you know, getting outside, enjoying time with family, try to introduce your own kids, introduce other kids if possible. And you're right in the heart of uh, you've got two kids. And uh, so Trace has been tagging along with you for a while. But um, you tried to you, – you brought out the, the girl this year. Yep, brought out Carson, and 
that didn't go so well. Uh, <laughs> actually, it went perfect. Oh, yeah. Any turkey hunter in North America on the continent would have loved that hunt. I mean, you talk about a perfect hunt. You could not have asked for a better hunt. Gobbling, spitting, drumming, fighting, everything you want to see in a turkey hunt, straight to the decoys, um, just spitting and drumming. I mean, just everything you want to see in a turkey hunt, that was the one. And uh, <laughs> yeah. She got a heart for animals, and she froze up on us. Did not want, <laughs> she said it. It was not fair for the turkey, Dad. Oh, that's what she said, huh? Yeah, it was not fair for the turkey. And I'm sitting there thinking, man, we need some turkey meat. And I like turkey meat. And, uh, you know, and I and I asked her that, why we were there. And I think there's even the uh, audio clip, because I've got it all on film. I said, Carr, don't you like to eat turkey? Yes. Well, we need some more turkey. Dad, it's not fair for the turkey. I can't shoot the turkey. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Isn't it, it is, it's funny, and I'm sure there's a lot of dads, a lot of parents that can relate, is, uh, you know, you'll, you might have one child that's really into it and is just ready to shoot, 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 and then you take the other one out there who's grown up in the same house and everything's the same, but... They just have a different mindset, a different personality, and they're like, yeah, I don't know if this is for me quite yet. I wanna, I'd want to. i rather ride four-wheelers. I'd rather ride horses, and uh, it might take a little bit to get to get hardcore about this. Right. Yep, and we hope she – you know what? We hope she wants to hunt. We hope she wants to do that, but you know what? If she doesn't, well, all you can do is support her in, in what she does like to do, but – that was an icebreaker for sure, and I kind of had the suspicion that that is how that was going to go Yeah. with a deer. I thought with a deer, that's for sure how it would go, so I thought, you know what, we'll start with the turkey. Um, and I was wrong about the turkey. It, it happened with the turkey just like I thought it would happen with the deer. So we haven't broke the ice just yet. Yeah, yeah. I think you're doing it right where... And I think this is hopefully encouragement for a lot of a lot of people out there that are listeners and 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 have children that are trying to introduce their kids to the outdoors. Is it's something that can't be forced, uh, and it, and it shouldn't be forced. It should be a um, try to introduce them to the outdoors in a way that's not just put them in the shooter shooter seat immediately and it's like we're going to do this. It's kind of an introduction, and, and that's how I did it. I I grew up. And, uh, of course, in Missouri, you had to be, I think, 12 or 13 before you could actually hunt. And so it's right. different now. I mean, you got Trace involved. He was hunting at 6 or 7, I think. Oh, right. yeah. First yeah. Would you film the first uh, uh, hunt? Yeah, that's crazy to me to think back that I guess I filmed his first turkey hunt. And, well, that was a, that was a fun time. Uh, we'll, we'll share yeah. a little bit on that uh, a little bit later. But, um yeah, you know, it's just uh, there's kind of a, a, a technique, and I don't think there's a there's really a pamphlet that can say, here's how to introduce kids to, to hunting, because each one of them is different, and each one of them is going to have a different reaction to everything. And uh, I think uh, it's definitely something that, if it fails the first time, don't give up. Right, and you know, and here's the difference. I, 
the difference that I was thinking about after Carr's hunt is, uh, you know, I, and, and I'm not saying it's wrong and I'm not saying it's right, um, but, you know, we have with Trace, Trace has been the one behind the gun or the bow or the crossbow. Now he's bow hunting um, pretty hardcore, but he's always been the one in charge, if you will, uh, of the weapon of choice. I mean, he's had to make the shot. It hasn't been old dad, you know, with him between the legs and doing the shooting and the, the aiming and, and actually being the one that's harvesting the animal. It's actually been Trace, and that's how he set Carson up, too. Yeah. Um, it had to be her decision, you know, and it could have been me with her between my legs and, you know, and I think some guys possibly do that. Um, wrong or right, it's youth season to me, and that youth has to be the one that makes that decision to harvest. It has to be them. That's my opinion. That's how I wanted to teach my kids. Um, and they're the one that holds that tag. They should be the one that. Um, ultimately squeezing that trigger um, and makes that decision, you know. Yeah. It could. I could have said, okay, car, we were in a blind. It would have been easy enough for me to go over her shoulder and, and cut drive on that turkey and say, yeah, Carson killed her first turkey, but it, it just wasn't meant to be. Um, so we're hoping she tries again, and when she's getting ready, it'll ultimately be her decision that she makes and if she misses, it'll be her that misses. And if she connects, it'll be it'll be her that connects. Yeah, that's awesome. How do you? Uh, has she mentioned wanting to go anymore? You know what? She's mentioned it. Um, we uh, let's see. It was uh, Saturday, Sunday. So Monday, we actually fried Trace's turkey up, and everybody loves turkey breast. I mean, who doesn't like turkey breast? And, She's the first one in her dad, man, this turkey is good. And I looked up at her and I said, Car, we should have two more to eat next week, two more breads. And she kind of looked at me and grinned and I said, if you would have, you know, if you would have tried to shoot that one, we would have more meat. It kind of hit her then, you know, that, hey, maybe that is why we hunt. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So. Well, hopefully she'll pick it up. Grocery. Right. How did she enjoy the uh, How did she enjoy the overall experience? The overall, just the show. Was that exciting for her, or was she a little bit Man, after after not shooting a little bit bummed out? On to the all up to the shot. Um, she absolutely loved it, and I've got the GoPro running in the blind the whole time, and we called a couple of jake's in first she was gonna shoot those and they didn't go right to the decoy again we wanted them right to the decoy and you know for her so she doesn't have to swing so she can kind of take her time and aim but um she wanted to shoot those but dude when that and i've got the gopro footage i need to look at it because i looked over at her but when that tom and we could hear the tom gobbling and we could hear him spitting and drumming before he ever rounded the corner Mm. And uh, I I took the uh, she was playing a a uh, DS Nintendo DS to kind of keep her occupied and I took that from her. I said, "Car, you better get ready. Here they come." And what, dude, when that strutter came around the corner, she looked over at me and her eyes just bugged out of her head. Dad, that is a big turkey. <laughs> at this point, I mean, I'm thinking she is gonna 
cut drive on it. And she was. She was committed. Um, I thought it was going to happen. And, dude, that turkey, that gobbler, he walks over to the decoy, sizes him up. And there was actually two, um, a younger two-year-old it looked like, and then the older Tom. And um, I didn't care which one she shot, obviously. But then, I mean, we just had it. Are you going to shoot? Are you? I mean, it was perfect. And then, no, Dad, I'm not going to shoot. It's just not fair for the turkey. So I don't know where that clicked from. It was green light all till then, and then all of a sudden, the red light came on. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, maybe she'll. But, you know. It sounds like she definitely loved the show, so maybe she'll be uh, motivated to get back out there and at least watch the show. And, you know, being honest with you, Seth, it, it, when, I was a, when I was a young kid um, before, of course, like I said, you had to be 12 or 13 years old to hunt in Missouri. So, you know, there's a lot of things to do up before you're 12 years old. And so I really wasn't even that into hunting. I was already into baseball and and other things. And, right. And uh, so it was like, ah, I don't know about this whole hunting deal. It kind of seems it's cold. It's early. You got to sit still. All three things that I'm not typically in love with. And so it took me a little bit to get into it. And then when I did, it was just like, whoa, man, I can't believe I've been missing out on this. This is awesome. Right. And, you know, there's something to be said about, I remember the first uh, red squirrel that I killed. Yeah. Um, and that's what I used to do. Mom had a babysitter for me, and I had free reign. Um, where Mom and Dad lived, it was just, now it's all, with house, and now it's all full of houses, but there was woods back there and I squirrel hunted, I rabbit hunted, um, and I cooked what I ate. Um, and that's what I did. I had a Folgers coffee can out in my woods that was stuck in a hollow tree and I would go on my rounds and I would cook my squirrel and, and that's what I did as a young man. But I remember the first one that I ever shot and when I walked up to it, I thought, what if that was a mother with, with, with young squirrels? I mean, and, and I don't even remember the time, but there was a hesitation. There was a sense, a sense of respect for the animals. So I would rather a young person to have respect for the animal and think about squeezing the trigger than just going out and boom, squeezing the trigger and not having respect. There, there's, if sportsmen have respect, they're going to be wanting to preserve um, our resources and as you and I both know sportsmen are they put more money in preserving our resources of wildlife than PETA or anybody else um, in the U.S. we are we are the top dogs of, of preserving our turkeys and um, our quail and whatever the case is we pump the money into that we want to see those animals thrive we have respect for them absolutely absolutely it's definitely uh you know, when you think about that, I can remember I can remember the first deer I ever shot, and I think I was 13, and just looking at it going, oh, man, it was a button buck. And just looking at it in that aspect of it's a lot different now that I actually killed this animal. And I think mm-hmm. that there's a, there's a time where some kids, you know, if, if they get introduced really early in life, and they don't really grasp what's going to occur when you pull that trigger, it could be a little bit of a negative impact on them of going, eee, I was not ready. Definitely. I was not ready to wear yeah. that. And uh, right. and I think that 
you know, it's it's awesome that Carson recognized that um, and was kind of like, oh, okay, you know, maybe I'm not quite ready for this. And uh, right. she, she called it off and, and can prepare herself for the for the future if she wants to continue to go. Right. Yep, definitely. You know what? It'd be good for a lot of kids um, to experience that and actually see what, you know, what harvesting an animal is about and understand that. Um, I think it would do society a major justice. There's a lot of kids who just sit behind video games and they shoot this and they shoot that and they don't really understand the ramification of what happens um, when you make that decision and you pull that trigger or pull that bow release or whatever the case may be. So, yep. again, it's just a level of respect and understanding. Yep, it's definitely definitely that. And it, and I like that you you were able to get some turkey meat to Carson very quickly even after her hunt to where she could make that connection very quickly of going wow trey shot a turkey now we're eating this turkey i could have shot a turkey and we could have ate that turkey not just uh you know it's i think the meat is a is a crucial thing in the in the upbringing of a hunter to where they kind of understand where meat's coming from um you buy it from the store you don't know where it's coming from um you you think you know but when you kill something, you actually harvest it. It's like, oh, okay. Chicken tenders don't you just get made in a plant. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Yeah. Oh man, do you? Man, you I wish you would have been in the, packed in that blind uh, because, and I've got the GoPro. Trace was about ready to have a come apart. <laughs> yeah, I imagine. Yeah, yeah. Like, you gonna shoot this turkey? Uh, if you don't, I'm getting, I mean, he was to the point like, uh, dad, I'm getting ready to shoot this turkey. This is ridiculous. Somebody needs to shoot this turkey. Yeah. Oh gosh. (laughs) I bet he was coming, coming inside out. Just thinking about this turkey getting away. We did all this work. We got up early and we can't do it now. Yeah. And Uh. then we get out of the blind and he goes, that's the best turkey hunt i've ever been on and she doesn't even shoot the turkey (laughs) (laughs) oh man that's funny that is funny do you remember the first turkey hunt with trace man i'll never forget this of going okay you know we're i don't know how many different young hunters i've been on uh hunts with when they were just starting out and um, of course, Trace was, you know, he was a lot younger than, than a lot of them that, that I've been on and, uh, and been with. And he, uh, do you remember that first, that first setup to where we sat down and Tom was coming in and I actually think the first setup was when we had that hen come in strutting, wasn't it? Um, somewhere in there. Yeah. yeah. Been many moons ago, but yeah. Yeah. I remember, uh, I remember the first time that a Tom was coming in and we were set up in that little bitty food plot, and there were multiple turkeys gobbling all around, and one started coming in closer on kind of to our left, and we were just in a bad spot. And we mm-hmm. were sitting there trying to be like, oh, man, we've got a 6-year-old or 7-year-old boy here who's ready to shoot something, and he's not he, – I remember we called him Mr. Pointer because he pointed at everything. And we were on him the whole time, like, Trace, you got to stop pointing, buddy. Sit still. Don't move. Just just sit there. Oh, yeah. Whisper. 
and uh, I remember we were sitting there and we we're like, I don't know which Tom's going to get here first, but man, it will be it would be really nice to know which one it is so we can get kind of positioned for it. And about right. that time, Trace sticks that arm straight out, points straight out, and goes, Dad, there's a turkey right there. And it was a Tom standing there at 40 <laughs> yards, and he's like, oh, I'm out of here. And uh, I just yeah. remember going, oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. man, there were several of those that morning, it seemed like. that. I mean, the birds came in, and it worked out. And, I mean, you or I would have had them blow down, you know. Yeah. And yeah. it just didn't work out. It's if memory like, serves me right. We had a big long beard come in to the decoys that he couldn't couldn't get he on. Couldn't get on before we shot the Jake. Yep, and then they ended up circling right behind us and gobbling like crazy six yards behind oh, us. Oh yeah, I do remember that. And it was just like, oh my goodness! And and here's this little boy. He doesn't even. I mean, I I can remember as a as a learning how to turkey hunt. Like you might get one encounter a season. And it was just like, man, why, you know, this is just, oh, I just wish there was more encounters. And this, I mean, it was like every time we sat down, here's an encounter. And we were just throwing them at him. And uh, right. and then that Jake comes in, and I was like, ah, he's not going to shoot the Jake. He's wanting to shoot a long bear. And he's like, nope, boom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. What, what he's finally keyed on this year, which he always thought dad was crazy. Yeah. But. I'd always, you know, and he finally keyed in on it, and he actually keyed in it on Carson's hunt. And I told him, I said, once you start really hearing it, I said, your ears will be trained to hear it. And that's spitting and drumming, because a lot of times on the turkey he's killed in the past, you know, five years, I'd, I'd say, son, I hear him spitting and drumming. He is in your backyard. When you hear him spitting and drumming, they're close enough to kill, just because you don't hear him gobbling, you know. He'd always say, you don't hear him spitting and drumming. And I'm like, you've got to train your ears to hear that. And he heard Carson's this time, and he goes, what is that? And I said, that's him spitting and drumming. I said, he'll be in here directly. And, uh, you know, it wasn't 15 minutes later he comes in, and he just, I mean, drumming to beat the band. But he finally caught into that. After all those years, his ears have pinned on it. He heard it enough, so he's learned now that, Hey, when you hear that, they're close enough to shoot. You better be getting ready. Just because you don't hear that turkey gobbling or walking in the leaves, um, that's just another indicator. You got one close to gun range. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Constantly learning. Well, good for him because, uh, you know, years of of shooting shotguns, specifically uh, waterfowl hunting, I hear spits. I can hear them, but I do not hear right. the frequency of drumming. And right. like my brother asked me, um, so for you guys, uh, we put two new turkey hunts on our YouTube channel. You're going to see a lot more videos coming on the YouTube channel. So if you haven't subscribed, Land and Legacy on YouTube, go do it now, please, and and you'll you'll get to see some videos, turkey hunts, and then you're going to see start seeing a lot of habitat videos coming. So do that. I can't emphasize that enough, but. Um, you know, uh, I, I posted those videos, and my brother's like, oh, could you hear him spitting and drumming? I said, well, you can hear him spitting. And he calls me and goes, oh, you can hear him drumming, too. You just didn't hear it. And I'm like, are you kidding yeah. me? It's even on video, and I can't hear it. Drives me yeah, nuts, I, but, I, you know, I paid the consequences of not wearing hearing protection. I, I could hear it on the video, too. Ah, yeah, see, I can't. I just, it's just like, 
it's like uh, a dog whistle too. Some people are like, I remember I was in I was in college at a, in a video production, and there was this guy that had this app on his phone that was a dog whistle. Everybody in the yeah. classrooms just going nuts. They're like, "Who's doing that?" Blah. I'm like, "Why is everybody oh, losing really? it?" Yeah, they're like, "Why is everybody?" Or I said, "Why is everybody losing it?" They're like, "Do you not hear that?" And I'm like, "I don't. No, I don't hear it at all." So, uh, dude, you just t- you just tickled me. What was that locator? What was that locator call? (laughs) The silent locator, mad calls. The silent locator call. Yeah, it was basically a dog whistle. (laughs) Yeah, or or kind of that frequency. Yeah, I bought one once. Did you? Oh, yeah. I was like, I got to try this thing out, dude. I mean, I couldn't hear a thing. I took it out in the woods. I I blowed it out, and... (laughs) I never heard a turkey gobble at it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's funny. That is funny. I, I've I've never even seen one. It was a little bit before my time. I think old Eddie Salter promoted it. It seems like uh, that was a squealing hen, probably. But it was oh, a, a squealing hen. Yeah, the mad. It was a mad yeah. call. So it was Mark <clears throat> and Terry who were, and I think I remember uh, Mark saying that that was like one of their first big hits in a call. Like everybody was, they oh, sold wow. a pile of those things. Yeah, I was. I bought one of them too, but yeah. and I have heard a turkey do the squealing hen deal. I thought that was not a real deal, but uh, have witnessed that once. So that is a real deal. Now, how effective it is in the calling world, I can't tell you, but it is a real call. Huh? Well, you just lost all credibility because I think ninety percent of us <laughs> thought it was a scam. <laughs> uh, that's funny. Oh man, uh, yeah, hilarious. I know. Uh, you know, we just wanted to kind of talk about on this podcast, talk about introduction of, of kids. And, you know, you can't just, it, it, each child is different and each um, each uh, opportunity is different. You really don't know what you're going to get, but it's just most important thing. And that was, this was very hard for me as a, as a 20 year old taking, taking kids out was you have to have a whole lot of patience when you're taking a kid, introducing a kid, especially in something like mm-hmm. turkey hunting mm-hmm. where they're moving a lot and there's it's very action-packed and it's very intense moments and and if it doesn't if it doesn't happen, you may have the reaction like Trace had where you're just like, "Who's got to shoot this turkey? We have to kill this turkey." Yeah. But you kind of have to go <laughs> into it with a little bit more patience of going, "Okay, you know, it's it's just However many opportunities it takes to to at least get this this child to understand um, and appreciate hunting, maybe they don't kill anything, but just at least appreciate the experience and understand that this is a big part of what we do to not only put meat on the table, but just to replenish our soul of enjoying the outdoors and and uh, and I think uh, you know sometimes you may have to. <laughs> it's a good thing my dad had a lot of patience with me. Um, because man, I was not the best, I was not the best kid, ADHD, didn't want to sit still. It's probably uh, why he kicked me out of my own at, at 14 to start hunting on my own. Cause he was sick of trying to deal with me. <laughs> yeah, I can. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. So go, go learn for yourself. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Oh man. Uh-huh. Well, anyway, um, you know, turkey season's coming up. This podcast is going to release, uh, I guess, less than a week before Missouri turkey season. So, um, awesome. this this uh, podcast will release, and you know, guys, we're going to be getting ready for a season opener on Monday, the twentieth, and uh, 
man, I, I can't wait. Matt and it looks like Matt and Seth may team up and myself and Chad may team up. So we're going to have two crews running two cameras. And, uh, man, it's going to be it's gonna be a fun experience to get back out and outside. And I know Matt and I are, we've talked multiple times. He's on a consult on another project up at Burr Oaks Bluff in Iowa. And I was in Kansas, and we were both like, man, they were gobbling this morning. I am so ready to chase turkeys. Me, yeah, I'm ready. I've main thing that I have um, typically, not to get off the subject, but typically in years past, you know, I typically quit running the trail cameras, but I left the Cuddy Links up this year, yep. um, mainly because I just had the subscription. Yep. And man, I know what the turkeys are doing. Yeah, that's awesome. I know where they're, I know where they're going. I know where they're roosting. Um, and for a guy like me who doesn't have a lot of time, I used to scout a lot. I mean, especially before season, but you know, we're busy and just like you guys are busy and it really helps us uh, be able to accomplish our work and still be able to scout turkeys. Not only that, kind of kind of get a gauge on our numbers. Yeah, um, most importantly. Area, so. Yeah, most importantly. And, right. you know, that's something we talked about pre-show that, that we definitely wanted to cover was, you know, a couple weeks ago on a podcast I mentioned that there was a friend of ours that had pretty good turkey numbers, and, and that was that was you um, and, and how much work they've done on the habitat. You guys have a forester on the, on the site, um, to where there's, mm-hmm. there's some clear cuts there's some thinnings there's some heavy TSIs going on. There's a lot of, a lot of things occurring on your, uh, on your farm that are really being very productive for the wildlife, specifically turkeys and even quail. Mm-hmm. You guys just did a big edge feathering project where, friend of ours uh with quail forever is kind of overseeing that and uh he's already jumped a big covey of quail out of it so there's a lot of awesome things going on on your farm and and the turkey numbers are are proving that uh they are they are recognizing that and uh so you're running the cameras you've got a bunch of turkeys on camera but you know it's a good time to remember right before we get to turkey season there's a lot of uh, a lot of people talking about declining numbers and it's not like someplace oh, yeah. it happened like drop of a hat just like where'd they go other people were like just slowly the the flock deteriorated in a in such a slow pace that it was like all of a sudden you're like wait a second this is not what it used to be and uh wherever you're at um if your numbers mm-hmm. if i think it's important that state regulations or state um conservation departments or dnrs whoever regulates your game numbers and you, and also regulates the amount of permits that are given um they put things in place um uh, based on whole populations and so for example missouri we have a two bag limit and right a two bag limit so we got each person that buys a tag or buys a, a permit has two turkeys they can fill and you know there was a time in our life where it was like if I killed, there's something prideful about saying tagged out. Um, there's something about right. you just kind of almost feel your chest stick out a little bit when you when you make uh, that post tagged out. And uh, I know there. I've been yeah. very guilty of that uh, back in the college days. And you know, if somebody if your state sets up whatever bag limit, doesn't mean that to be qualified as a successful hunter you have to fill those tags. 
use your Amen, like sure. you use the game cameras to kind of regulate. Okay, we've got a a pretty good amount of turkeys, but we also don't want to get greedy and and knock them out this year. And uh, Missouri season's the last two weeks of April and the first week of May, and so peak breeding is kind of occurring right there at the beginning of season, right there in mid-April. And so we're kind of hunting the tail end of the breeding season, but um, we definitely, Seth and I talk about this a lot, is just because I have two tags doesn't mean I'm going to go shoot two birds or I'm going to keep hunting until I kill two birds. Last year we got out there and and uh, I killed a bird on Easter morning, um, and I was that was it. I only killed one bird last year. It was like the show I got to see on that one hunt and then also – the declining numbers that we're experiencing, I don't, I don't need to kill my second bird. I'm, I'm content with what I got to see. And so right. wherever you're at, use, don't just use the state as your regulation saying, well, they gave me two tags. That means the population's good enough so I can go kill two birds. It may not be the case right. in your part of the world. And, uh, you for know, sure. just, just don't try to try to appreciate the experience for, for what it is. And don't just look at, to be a successful hunter, you have to have that social media post called tagged out. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree thoroughly. And that's something we've been doing for, oh, the last three or four years too. I mean, we don't have to harvest our, our, our birds. And, you know, there's been a time Trace has a second tag and dad'll give up his second tag. So Trace can go hunt a little, you know, a little bit more. Cause we don't, we we're liking to stay around the five or six, um, and that's, uh, amongst around a thousand acres. So of quality Turkey habitat. And as you know, I mean, I've had multiple times of not Jake's, but long beards up in, you know, 25, 30, uh, long beards. So yeah, by all right. I mean, we, we could kill more probably than what we are killing, but you know, I figure the neighbors are going to get a few and so on and so forth. So it's just nice to see the numbers and it's nice to hear the gobbles. And you know what, when you butcher a hunt up, it's nice to have another one tooting off over the hill and be able to walk over, over that, um, and not have to wait for him to calm down or come back two or three days later. You've got another bird to go to, um, yep. you know, and you get to see the, the decoys work. I can imagine, and I don't know this cause it's been several years since I've really hunted around, places where there's not a lot of turkeys but for the last five or six years our strutter decoys where we hunt i mean they've been the berries you put one out they're coming in something's coming in and they're going to pound it i mean i don't know how many we've killed and i don't know if that would be the case to where you had one or two gobblers um in the area that you hunt they're used to seeing that other gobbler and you don't have those you know, that pressure or that, uh, competition, if you will, yep. um, where those decoys can work like that. I don't know if that's true. I'm just, uh, I'm just talking yep. that, but I think that it probably would be because you put the decoy out on our place. They just have to see it, dude. They're coming. Hmm. Yeah. I, well, I've experienced I mean, it. That's for sure. Keith Hammer killed his first turkey on a strutting, strutting decoy and, Scared me half to death because I was almost asleep, and all of a sudden <laughs> I hear something. I'm like, "What's he scratching about?" And it's like, "Oh, I think there's a." I'm still trying to open my eyes. I think there's a turkey in the deagle. Boom! <laughs> yeah. So, 
You you know what's funny about that? Where you guys shot that turkey? I don't remember what it was. We killed three or four gobblers right there um, with that exact decoy scenario, and it happened the exact same way. That was one of those odd years, yeah, um, where it was odd for us, and they didn't. I mean, there we were, and not knowing what was coming, and bam, here they are, charge on. Yeah, well, that was the year that that was the year that it snowed on opening day. Yep, that was it. Man, it was cold season. Yep. Yep. That was it. Oh man. Well, Seth, I'm very excited. Can't wait to kick off turkey season. Get to spend some time in the woods together. We'll have to wear our face masks all the time, I guess, since we're <laughs> <laughs> we're trying to quarantine. But uh, man, it, it's uh, going to be funny. exciting. One of my favorite times of the it, year. I'm ready. All right, brother. Thanks for coming on once again. Yeah.